Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson has a problem. His officers pull thousands of illegal guns off the streets every year. He says more than any other city in the country. Those guns usually go through lots of hands. Police say they could have figured in multiple crimes. But Johnson says there are big obstacles to solving those crimes. Once a person purchases the gun, regardless of what they do with it, whether they lose it, it's stolen, uh, they sell it, there's no traceable information so we can go back and see how that gun got to where it is. Well, there's some traceable information, though it doesn't work the way it looks on TV. Chicago's ongoing gun violence is real. And in real life, there's only one place in the country that can trace guns. And that place is stuck in decades-old technology. WBEZ's Natalie Moore decided to go check it out. All right. I'm pulling up into a gated entrance. A green gate is sliding open. The one place in the whole country that traces owner information about guns is housed in a nondescript brick building in Martinsburg, West Virginia, a place city officials are proud to say offers the serenity of small-town living. It's the National Gun Tracing Facility of the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. I came here to see how this critical piece of the crime-fighting puzzle runs. That sound you hear is workers flipping through the mounds of paperwork. Gun tracers here handle a whopping 400,000 requests each year. Neil Trotman is a manager of all this. He's clean-cut and serious. Imagine a federal agent on TV. And he's showing me around. It's not uncommon to get phone calls from uh, police officers or investigators throughout the country that say, hey, we've recovered a gun. Can you look it up for us and tell us who bought it? It's not like that at all. And there's a good chance that right now while I'm here, there's a tracing request from Superintendent Johnson's police department coming in. In 2015 alone, Chicago sent 5,800 gun trace requests. But while other kinds of law enforcement forensic work deals in high-tech ballistic testing, this place seems pretty far from the 21st century. Trotman and his team can't just tap into a national online registry of guns or gun ownership Searchable databases are actually against the law. We'll get into that a little bit later. Starting from the point the gun was manufactured by a licensed manufacturer, were imported by a licensed importer, and piecing together the entire chain of distribution of that gun down to the retail dealer so that we can find out the name of the purchaser. Here's how it works. A request comes in with the descriptions of the firearm, the make, model, and any other pertinent information. You may be thinking, wait, what about the serial number? Yes, it could be included, but serial numbers aren't, excuse me, a silver bullet in gun tracing. They're not like a VIN number on a car. The VIN number is unique to that particular vehicle. No two VIN numbers are the same. Trotman says in the past, some manufacturers gave multiple guns the same serial number. Plus, serial numbers get obliterated. A lot of times criminals know that the serial number is the first starting point for us as investigators and they will deface the firearm or obliterate the serial number to try to make it more difficult for us. The other issue is ATF doesn't receive any kind of uh, information from the firearms industry as to what firearms they're producing. That's, that's, why, that's why we can't say for sure how many guns are in circulation. We have no idea. Trotman walks me through the tracing room. Workers in rows of cubicles in a neutral colored office space. 
Here's what they do all day. First, search through files for the manufacturer of the gun. Picture banks of filing cabinets. Then call the manufacturer to find out the wholesaler. Just down the hall, another plain open room in which tracers call retail dealers to ask, did you sell this gun? Who bought it? Good morning, this is Maria with the ATF National Tracing Center. I have a gun trace I need some help with, please. The whole process usually takes up to a week. You know you, you have 24 hours to respond to a trace. Is there a reason you haven't been able to find the It might surprise you to hear, after this sort of paper trail, about 70% of requests end up with a retailer or buyer named. And that's what Superintendent Johnson's officers get. Then it's up to the detective to do the shoe leather work to find the owner, who, of course, is not necessarily the crime suspect. The ATF Tracing Center does not have the physical guns. It's not doing fingerprints or other forensic work. And nobody nationally or in Chicago collects data about whether any of this leads to arrests. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. About how many boxes are there? Uh, you already it's about 10,000. 10, 10,000 yeah. records or bo- boxes? 10,000 boxes. Correct. And that... You just said it was a day's worth of work. That wasn't oh, no, being no, 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 sarcastic. No, 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 no. That was. <laughs> if a gun maker or dealer goes out of business, it's required to send all of its records here to the tracing center. Sometimes those records are delivered on a hard drive, sometimes in garbage bags. Sometimes they're moldy from a flood or scorched from a fire. We can't create an electronic database. Right. So what we do is we index it and we say, okay, this gun for example, was manufactured by uh, manufacturer X. It went to distributor or wholesaler Z. They would tell us, we sold this to Neil's Gun Shop, and Neil's Gun Shop is out of business. So then we would look to our out-of-business records index, look for Neil's Gun Shop, look for the time frame in which that firearm was sold, and we can narrow it down as best we can, but at the end of the day, we're looking at it record by record by record to identify that one form that shows the serial number of that firearm and the name of the purchaser. So this is almost like the old-fashioned Dewey Decimal System before libraries were computerized. That's a great analogy, and we, that's one that we actually use. That's exactly what this is like. Trotman's like every other ATF employee I've met. They won't complain about the manual limitations, but there's frustration. Two million of these records come in a month. No more than 10,000 boxes can be in this wing, or the floor could start to buckle. There's more storage space outside in shipping containers. It's hard to believe that any federal agency in 2017 is sorting boxes of paper records by hand and then digitizing them to an unsearchable database. Political scientist and author Robert Spitzer says this almost quaint paper sorting is not the ATF's choice. The ATF has been subject to sustained political attacks in a way that no other federal law enforcement agency has. There's been a long history of resistance to government restrictions on gun ownership, including any national registry that would collect gun owners' names and information. That resistance gathered steam in the 1980s. When gun rights advocates, and in particular the National Rifle Association, began to politically uh, attack the ATF, claiming that it was abusing its power, comparing its tactics and activities to Nazis, um, saying that it was trampling on people's rights. The NRA backed a firearms owner's protection bill. In 1986, it passed in Congress. 
Part of the law makes any system of registry of firearms, firearms owners, or firearms transactions illegal. It's why, in spite of its critical role in crime fighting, the ATF tracing technology is stuck in the past. Spitzer says the ATF doesn't have a strong counterbalance to the NRA. It's bounced around from different federal areas. Today, it operates under the Department of Justice. And any changes to modernizing the ATF gun tracing process or creating a searchable database would have to get through Congress. We're dead set against it. Todd Vandermeide is a lobbyist for the NRA in Illinois. The government has no business knowing what I own as an individual. Either I'm a law-abiding citizen or I'm not. If I'm not, I get caught up in the background checks. I'm not allowed to own or possess a firearm. Like many gun advocates, Vandermeide also argues there are enough mechanisms in place already. Criminals don't follow current laws and wouldn't follow the law of a registry. He points to Chicago's much-touted handgun ban and registration from the 1980s as failing to stop gun crime. Where does that leave Chicago's police superintendent, Eddie Johnson? In an ideal world, what would the police department need? So in an ideal world, once a person purchases a weapon, if they sell it, transfer it in any way, we would like to have documentation indicating that so that we can go back and take a look at who's getting these guns. But Johnson says the country just doesn't have that mechanism in place right now. Natalie Moore, WBEZ. Investigative reporting and in-depth journalism at WBEZ is made possible in part with support from Doris and Howard Conant.